Hi, welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. It is Tuesday, January 24th, and I'm Jessica Steinberg. I'm joined today by political correspondent Tal Schneider and real estate writer Danielle Nagler. Hello, good morning to you both. Hi, Jessica. Good morning. Hi there. So we're going to speak today about the quarrel between Israel's Attorney General and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as what's being said by the new culture minister, Miki Zohar. We've also got an update on housing prices and what is the best place to live in Israel. Before we get into all of that, we're going to take a very quick break. Do you or your clients have a commercial collection matter that's going nowhere? The Sarachuk Law Firm specializes in the most challenging collection matters, whether it is a single matter or a portfolio of cases. They are based in New York with relationships around the world. Sarachuk's proprietary databases and tried and proven methods have earned them an unmatched reputation for success in getting their clients what they're owed. They work on a contingency fee basis, so they're only compensated when they succeed. The Sarachuk Law Team strongly supports Israel. You can reach the Sarachek team at www.sarachuklawfirm.com. That's S-A-R-A-C-H-E-K lawfirm.com or at 646-403-9775. The proceeding is an attorney advertisement and past results are no guarantee of future performance. Okay, Tal, so let's start with you. We've got this quarrel between Attorney General Gali Baharav Miara and Prime Minister Netanyahu based on her reported supposed plans uh, that she is considering ordering Netanyahu to take a leave of absence. And party heads are warning her that such a move would be tantamount to a coup. First of all, can we take a little bit of a step back and tell us a little bit about Gali Baharav Miara? And who she is, because of course, she's very much in the headlines right now, given everything that's happening with the proposed judicial reforms. And she's really uh, at the front and center of a lot of this. What can you tell us, Tal? Uh, right, Jessica. So Gali Baharav Miara is the first woman in Israel to serve as attorney general. She was nominated about a year ago. Uh, we all re- we all know, remember the the change government. The justice minister was Gidon Saar, uh, by the way, a former Likud minister who left the party because Netanyahu was under trial and he couldn't even give any kind of um, criticism about that. So he left the party. He said his own party. He was the justice minister under Bennett and under Lapid. And uh, according to Israel's law, you set up a committee, you know, public figures and so on, in order to nominate the attorney general. So she's a, she was nominated in a process, transparent process. But obviously, this current government, um, uh, Netanyahu's government, uh, thinks that she is a political appointee by the former justice minister. Any attorney generals uh, before that, nominated by Netanyahu, was always blamed. Both uh, attorney generals nominated before that by Netanyahu, people criticized them for being Netanyahu's servant. We remember Yuda Weinstein, and then we remember, obviously, Avichai Mendelblit, who was the uh, government secretary and moved you know, from one side of Netanyahu to the other side of Netanyahu. But then Mendelblit was the one who served all of these indictments against Netanyahu. 
So Netanyahu right now uh, blames everybody. He blames the Vichai Mendenblit, and now he's, he has a new one, new person to uh, throw his aims towards. This is Gali Barav Miara. Now, some reports came on Friday saying that she's considering to announce Netanyahu someone who needs to take a leave of absence because of conflict of interest under one of the so many appeals that went against Netanyahu for being a prime minister under indictment. There was one appeal in which the judges, the Supreme Court judges, ruled that Netanyahu will sign a conflict of interest uh, agreement. He never signed it, but he still, the attorney general at the time, Mendelblit, uh, said what the conflict of interest is. And this became an abi- abiding court ruling, even though Netanyahu never signed it. She was said, again, Baharav Miara, she was said to look into the conflict of interest because of the next legal change that Netanyahu is trying to bring to the country. Media reports said she, she's trying to see if he can be announced as need to be on a leave of absence because the fact that he is dealing with the legal judicial reforms that may affect his own trial. Also, Netanyahu moved away from the prime minister office several drivers that are supposed to be witnesses in his trial. And that's another indication for her or for anyone that he cannot handle things because if he's trying to fire off people who are supposed to be Witnesses in his trial, that's a huge problem. So she was looking into it. We don't know if she was looking into the leave of absence, but we definitely know that she was looking into the conflict of interest. Uh, because of that big drama yesterday, Netanyahu and coalition members came up and said, listen, Mrs. Gali Baharav Miara, if you will continue to check the leave of absence issue, something that she denied, as I said, you will be considered as conducting a coup. Now, Jessica, let me tell you just this last sentence. We hear the word coup too many times since this government took in one side, another side, and it's it's actually frightening. Can she order Netanyahu to take a leave of absence? Would that be upheld by him, by his government, by his party? I can't really tell you because I don't know. We've never been to that situation. If she will do anything like that, it will be taken to the Supreme Court, as we, as we know. Um, but by him or by anyone else. Um, but, um, I do believe her that she was not even looking into it because at this point, it seems very unlikely to even, you know, issue uh, a warning like that. Let's talk a little bit about Mickey Zohar, the new culture minister who vowed on Monday to withhold state funding for art that defames the state of Israel within the country and around the world. Shades of former uh, culture minister Mary Regev. And who is Mickey Zohar? Right. So it all began on Saturday when an Institute for uh, Public Events or Institute for, for uh, um, Culture Events on a Saturday uh, announced that they will have to shut down their operation in the in the top northern part of Israel, very very far from 
from Israel's center in the upper Galil where, you know, um, not too many residents and the residents are not the richest in the country. They have this um, institution of opening up museums and galleries uh, in a way, by the way, in a way that people that are religious will not have to pay for tickets. They, if they live nearby and they can walk, mm-hmm. the place is open with the lights on during the Shabbat and they can, they can just enter. Walk in. Walk in, exactly. It's just, it's about um, culture events, opening uh, galleries and museum in a way that everybody could participate. That program, mostly in Israel's far, you know, reaching areas, was uh, financed by the government. And um, Nicky Zor came up with an idea and he said, my government will not initiate anything like that. We will make sure that um, this is not on public um, taxpayers' money. Now, obviously, uh, obviously, it's kind of the wrong direction because actually this program actually served religious people and helped them, you know, consume culture and heritage, uh, heritage museum, you know, like Zionism museum, places of battles and so on. So there was a huge uproar, obviously, because many of those municipalities in these in those areas do not have enough budget to operate those uh, those um, events or, or, or location by themselves. They need the government um, payments. Um, and um, obviously, people who are secular were truly upset because, you know, it's not just about religious people. You know, secular people also want to go to heritage museum and, and, and locations. So, you know, there's so many things going on against uh, secular people at the moment in Israel. So every time there's a little bit of, of announcement like that, it causes a huge havoc you know, a media cycle, frenzy going around, criticizing the culture minister who has a son who is a singer in a contest and so on. Netanyahu yesterday, even though being in a trial himself for a libel suit, stopped everything and issued um, a statement saying, um, kind of taking it back in a way, saying programs will continue. The only thing Minister Zohar intended is he wants the country, the government, not to initiate them. So if a local municip- if a local municipality initiated, it's fine. And um, this is, you know, this sounds like a nice wordplay. Yeah, but 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 you know, it's taken off the table. If you want to talk about uh, Mickey Zohar's son, who is now a big star on Israel's uh, music scene, his 22 years old son came up in Twitter and said. You know, some people are, are are threatening to boycott me because I am the son of the culture minister. It's unfair. Don't do it. I just heard uh, Zohar saying on Israel's radio that his son broke into tears and said, you know, I mean, he's 22 years old, but still a young person. He said, you know, why do I have to pay the price for your politics or something like that? Hmm. And <laughs> and now you have a whole, you know, item on culture tears and the next generation of, of, of culture censorship in Israel's media. Right. And a lot of interest going Eliav Zohar's way. Okay, we'll see how that all plays out. We're going to take a quick break. When we're back, Danielle will talk to us about housing prices and where is the best place to live in Israel. The world we live in isn't perfect, but it doesn't get better on its own. That's where the work of activists comes in. Whether it's environmental justice, animal rights, or disability advocacy, there are people all around the world striving to make it a better place. 
That's where All About Change comes in. Host Jay Ruderman talks with activists about how they do what they do and what inspires them to keep going. Because activism is all about change. Listen to All About Change wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Danielle, it is a new year and a new government. What does that mean? What does it portend for housing prices across Israel? What are we seeing? Well, when we talked to experts about what they expected to see in 2023, they were pretty unanimous in feeling that finally we would see house prices start to fall. That hasn't happened so far. I mean, obviously, there's a lag in the numbers, but the last figures that we got for October to November 2022 show that although house price growth has slowed, it's a long way from uh, turning negative. The last figures we know between October and November 2022, compared to the year previously, house prices were up almost 19%. That's not an insignificant number. We're seeing, obviously, interest rates are continuing to rise. They're probably now, if you're looking for a mortgage, around 6%. And we are seeing the amount of money borrowed for mortgages come down. It's now roughly 60% of its peak last March. And that's because people simply can't afford to buy a home or move a ho- or move homes. The government runs a subsidised housing programme for first-time buyers, which, which operates via a lottery. They saw 100,000 bids for around 6,500 homes on the last reckoning. Um, I think it's an indicator of how difficult people are finding it. And it remains to be seen whether prices will fall. Obviously, developers also have home loans that they're paying off, but they've kind of bet on high house prices. And what we're expecting is that actually people will choose not to sell unless they have to, rather than to take a a loss or, or a loss on what they thought they could get for the homes. Right. No, it does not. That does not bode well for young couples or people looking for a house. In terms of rentals, we're also seeing and hearing large price rises when people come to renew rental agreements, around 8%. Salaries have gone up by no more than 4% on average. So with every month, it's becoming harder and harder to afford to buy or even to rent a home. Okay. And so for those who can afford a home or who are looking for a new place to live. Uh, You've also recently covered the survey of best quality of life across Israel. And it seems that Rishon Letzion, that small city near Tel Aviv with beaches and an Ikea branch, was at the top of the list. What were the parameters? What can you tell us? So this is based on a large basket of measure around things like employment opportunities, education, quality of housing, how happy people feel. It's, it's, it's a bit subjective in a way, but as you say, Rishon LeSion emerged as by far and away the most popular, happiest place to live in Israel, offering the highest quality of life. And Tel Aviv, although it scored very well on employment and obviously has the most expensive homes in Israel because everyone wants to live there, actually scored significantly lower because of the housing pressure. Um, Other places in the centre outside of Tel Aviv also did well. So places like Farsaba, Ramat Gan, because they seem to offer a kind of compromise with good employment opportunities and easy journey to work, but slightly lower housing costs. 
interestingly, Jerusalem actually scored very low, um, primarily because of the numbers of people not in employment, potentially because they are ultra-Orthodox and learning rather than working, and because of the low numbers actually matriculating from high school, again, largely down to the ultra-Orthodox community. So if you want to be happy, the answer is you need to live in Rishon LeZion, or failing that, <laughs> one of the other central cities of Israel. Okay, we'll take that under advisement for sure, especially as I sit here in my home in Jerusalem. Thank you very much, Danielle, for that update. And thanks, Tal, for all your information about what's going on uh, in the most current headlines. Good to have you both on The Daily Briefing. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. We'll be back tomorrow with another Daily Briefing. In the meantime, have yourselves a good listen and a good day. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein, and to Gili Amar for this out-of-this-world music. You can find us daily wherever you find your podcasts. And on our mothership, timesofisrael.com. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. And be sure to check out our weekly feature, Times Will Tell, released every Friday. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.